Welcome to season four of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversation. I'm your host, Katie L. Leeds, founder and chief fowl at Outstanding Women Leaders Professional Coaching and Podcast, an organization dedicated to empowering women in leadership, relationships, and life. OWL is on a mission to host 100 million witty and wise conversations that inspire you, disrupt the way leaders think, and stir your soul into action. That inspiration begins with a set of rules to guide our conversation today. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And rule number four, everything is included. We do not edit here. This conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here. You'll be heard. There is space for you. When this conversation comes to a close, I will ask our guests three questions. If you've tuned in before, you know what they are. If you haven't, you don't want to miss them. But enough about me. Today, I'm excited to welcome Outstanding Woman Leader, Anne-Marie Freebarn. Freebarn. <laughs> You're not alone in not being able to pronounce that. <laughs> Following a traumatic incident in her early 20s, Anne-Marie suffered severe burnout and ended up suffering from what she believes now was chronic fatigue, although not was not recognized medically then. She was finding it impossible to recover and hold down a job at the same time, and having developed an interest in Buddhist meditation, decided the best way to recover was to take herself off to a remote forest monastery in Thailand and practice mindful med meditation for a year. By the end of that year, her life had changed physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. It was an enormous change and led to her living a few years in Asia, studying with different teachers. It wasn't until her 30s that she started on her career path, falling into PR and marketing in the charity sector and really enjoying it and watching it take off from there. Six years ago, she left her role as marketing communications director to set up on her own as a coach specializing as a leadership and systems team coach, recently joining forces with the next colleague to set up Cineas Consulting and Coaching. Cineas is a word coined by musician and artist Brian Eno to describe the concept of collective genius. The aim of their business is to help leaders and teams who feel limited by traditional top-down leadership and want to move to a more developed collaborative style of leadership which is able to unlock the skills and creativity of the entire team much more effectively. Quote, none of us is smart as all of us, Ken Blanchard famously said. Anne-Marie has also been working with human design and gene keys. Check out our bonus episode to hear more about that since the beginning of 2020, same time I found it, and recently has become a gene keys guide. Where relevant, she uses the knowledge of these systems and her one-to-one -one coaching work to bring additional wisdom and insight to her clients. Welcome, Anne-Marie. So great to have you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yes. I must know about your Thailand experience. I find this so fascinating. What were you doing before you went to Thailand? Ah, that's a really good question. So I, uh, I just graduated and um, to pay back my student loan, <laughs> I decided to go to Japan to teach English. Um, and I was really at that point, I was very interested in Buddhism. And I thought, oh, if I go to Japan, I can go and visit Zen monasteries and meditate and so on. It was very, I was very new to it then. I was kind of dabbling a bit. Um, and then very shortly after I arrived in Japan, um, a 
a man broke into my apartment with, with a knife <laughs> and I escaped very narrowly. And um, that just threw me into a whole, uh, what shall I say, a bit of a crisis, really. I think I'd been there about 10 days. So I just thought the whole of Japan was full of, you know, masked men with knives waiting to sort of jump on me. <laughs> so, so it really coloured my whole experience. And I, I, because I had escaped, I just sort of um, ignored the episode. I thought, oh, nothing happened. I'm fine. Um, but obviously it did have an impact and I couldn't sleep. I had to stay in the same apartment. I just arrived. Um, and over time, I just got sicker and sicker. Um, and also it was a new job. I was teaching. It was quite stressful. You know, I just arrived in Japan. Um, I just qualified as a, a TEFL teacher. So um, and I didn't really know anybody, which I think was the hardest thing. So it just compounded and compounded. And in the end, I sort of um, just imploded. Really. <laughs> um, so I I struggled on. But physically, um, I had really a lot of um, problems and I suppose I was quite depressed and in those days of course chronic fatigue it's going back a long way more than 30 years um, wasn't really a thing so I didn't really know what was uh, wrong with me um, and then luckily I stumbled across an acupuncturist um, Japanese traditional sensei and I said I'm not really feeling myself he took my pulse and he said you've got the pulse of an 85 year old woman <laughs> So I then after that, I started to go and see him twice a week to have acupuncture so I could carry on doing my job. And he was the one who said, you need to meditate. I think I was so stressed by the whole experience. And so I got into meditation. Um, and then as time went on, I just wasn't able to sustain working and with with various, you know, my health problems, mental health problems. So I decided to take a year out and go to Thailand and um I found this little forest monastery on the Burmese border, right in the jungle. Um, and I decided to stay there for a year and practice mindfulness. And uh, as I think I, you said at the beginning, it was something that really changed my life um, on many levels, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, every level. Um, and uh, it, it definitely changed the whole trajectory of my life, I have to say. so. That's right. I even shaved off all my hair, actually, which is quite, yeah, it's quite liberating. And I was talking to somebody recently and she said, it, it's like you went back to zero. And I thought, yeah, that was the experience of just going right back to zero. It's like, who am I? What do I, what do I even want to do with my life? Um, and it was amazing to have the opportunity to just do that, actually, um, to just let go, go back to zero and ask all those, those big questions. Um, so very grateful for that opportunity yeah um, and I am curious as someone with a defined head Anja like how is meditation because that's not easy for me ah uh, that's a really good point I think at the time I just so desperate I could really feel when I meditated um what a difference it made and actually this acupuncturist said to me because at the beginning I was really struggling and he said even if you have five seconds of actually just I, I, don't, I can't remember how he would have described it, but truly meditating, he said, you, that will make such a difference. So he sort of gave me faith in the process. Um, and I could feel just what a difference it made to me, not just emotionally and mentally, 
mentally, but also physically as well. I could feel the benefits. So I think that kept me, kept me going. Um, yeah, I was kind of quite desperate, I think, at the time. And I didn't want to go on loads of meds. You know, people just throw all these medicines at you. And I'm like, I just, I knew I didn't want to go down that route. Um, and I had faith in in the meditation and it, it did pay dividends in the end. <laughs> wow. Um, that was for, for me, the, the short burst. So positive intelligence, the one positive thing it gave me was understanding like for 10 seconds and then for 20 seconds, I think being able to still my very specific way of wanting to process was probably helpful for me. Yeah. Right. And I think I was probably in that. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I still do that now. Actually, I do a practice where I pause every nine o'clock, 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock. I just pause for three minutes and just be silent and mindful. Um, and that's something that came through the gene keys actually. And I really value that practice of just recentering oneself and coming back to the present moment. So it's something that genuinely has just informed my whole life. Um, and probably my career trajectory as well as my life trajectory. So, yeah. yeah. And so then how do you fall into your next role? Gosh, that's a really, I'm trying to remember actually what happened. I, I sort of came back. Um, so after I came back from Thailand, um, actually, I think I mentioned to you that I was coming and going from Asia for quite a few years. So I temp for a bit and then mm -hmm. go and study with different teachers. Um, and then I think I got to a point where I thought, if I live this life, which was sort of a bit of a peripatetic life, I'm never going to be able to form real friendships and relationships because I was always, you know, either half the year in the UK and half the year in India or Thailand. Uh, so I made a decision to settle here. <laughs> and then I thought, yeah, I really need to get a job, you know, a proper job. And, you know, I've got a degree, a good degree from a good university. So um, and I'd always been really interested in communications and PR and marketing, that side of things. So I sort of got a lucky break. I got a six month contract for um, one of the sort of big blue chip charities here in the UK. Um, and the contract turned into a job and I really loved it. I felt like, I, like, yeah, I found my true home because teaching definitely wasn't quite right for me. Whereas PR felt like, yeah, this is me. Um, and I had a great boss who just let me get on with it. He was like, super hands off and I had you know good budget good colleagues and great opportunities so I, I I really loved about four or five years I was in that role and then of course you know you sort of end up going up the career ladder I was never really that ambitious but you kind of want a new challenge and a new role so I went to more senior roles more senior roles and actually when I look back I think the most the roles I most enjoyed actually were more at that junior level where you can be really creative and, you know, sort of running campaigns and going out interviewing people and, um, you know, organizing events and all that kind of thing. I think I, because we talked earlier about, I had this Gene Key 39, which is a lot about creativity, the 57, the one eight channel. So there's a lot of creativity in my chart. And I felt like in those early days, I really had scope to um develop that and express that of course as you go up the career ladder <laughs> changes um so it's not to say I didn't enjoy it but there were as, as a projector as I think we spoke about in the earlier episode I found the leadership roles quite challenging so you know sometimes it can get quite um quite punchy 
and you know yeah there's there's a lot of politics there's a lot of vying for power and all this kind of things I just really didn't um sit well with me and I found that side of it quite challenging um however I do again the projector in me I'm good at strategy I really um have a a good understanding of systems I just can sort of sense into systems quite easily so that side and the sort of creative side was all good but sometimes the relationship side of it um especially towards the end I had a team I think of 35 people and I just found that a bit overwhelming um yeah but uh but yeah I enjoyed the, if I look back on that career arc I, I really enjoyed my time right up until the end. I think at the end I thought, yeah, I'm done now. I need to find a new challenge. Um, and that's when I sort of moved into coaching. But, you know, it's like 20 years and uh, it was, I, I had some really good times and really enjoyed it. So I feel very yeah. fortunate. So yeah. fast forward to this company. Tell us all about the company and how you're supporting leaders because what an incredible background. You've led a team of 35 people. You've worked your way up. You've also spent some really incredible personal development time. You have all these skill sets that you bring. Yeah, tell us how you're disrupting the industry now. <laughs> well, okay, so I've been, as I said, I think you said in, in the biography, um, I left my previous career in 2017, retrained as a coach, done loads of training, CTI, ORSC, leadership circle, blah, blah, you know, lots and lots of stuff which I've really enjoyed. Um, and then recently an ex-colleague of mine, um, and we worked together in, we were both in senior roles in uh, a charity and worked really well together. He just left his job and he asked me if I want to go into business with him. So this is seniors consulting and coaching. And so basically we're bringing both consulting and coaching skills together. Um, his background is fundraising, sales, business development. My background is marketing communications. And then we've got the individual coaching and team coaching. And we call the business Seniors, which hopefully most people go, what's that? <laughs> so it's designed to sort of pique your interest, hopefully. Um, so it's a Seniors is a word coined by the artist and musician, Brian Eno. Um, and he says, you know, genius is about individual um, creativity and the word seniors is for collective creativity, collective intelligence. So we're all about how do you unlock um, the collective genius within your teams? Uh, so it's kind of about a new leadership paradigm, which I think is becoming more and more prevalent. So I think people are recognizing the old command and control if it ever did work. Um, certainly is not really suitable for our current times when, you know, there's so much complexity, the world's changing so fast, you need to be much more agile. Um, that whole top down where sort of you've got an individual leading the team um, is quite limiting. And I think is quite frustrating for a lot of people, you know, working in silos. So um, our sort of, this, if you like, new paradigm, it sounds very <laughs> pretentious, but... You know, we're all about moving from competition to collaboration. I think that's uh, that's how I would sum it up. So it's more about collective leadership. It's like, how do we collaborate? How do we come together to make um, make stuff happen, basically? And Matt and I, who he's my, Matt is my co-founder, 
Um, we worked together, as I mentioned previously, in a role and he was fundraising director, I was marketing comms director. And traditionally, it's a bit like sales and marketing. Those uh, teams, those departments are often, don't work too easily, to, you know, there's often a lot of tension. And, I was and the director we... of development. <laughs> ah, okay, so you know the story. So we were lucky enough to join this organization on the same, pretty much on the same day. And we were like, right, we're going to do things differently. We want to work together from day one. We're going to collaborate. I was fortunate enough that previous roles, I had had that relationship, but I hadn't been able to maybe set it up on day one in that same way. And um, we just worked brilliantly together. And it's so nice to, you know, even though we bring different things, we sort of think we think about things in the same way. We have the same values and the same vision, I suppose. Um, so, yeah, fast forward. That's why, in a way, at that time when we both left that organisation, we we talked about going to partnership then. Um, and I didn't really feel ready at that point. And I think because I needed to go through the whole coaching journey first. So, finally, six years later, we're like, okay, now let's do this. Um, so, and we're very much about collaboration within a team but also teams collaborating like fundraising marketing comms and you can really see that if if you have if the teams collaborate your you know your performance is going to be so much greater it's such a win-win and I think we've both seen it in our experience that um, it doesn't make sense to work in silos and to have this mistrust between teams and how much more is possible when we come together and that's why I love that quote from Ken Blanchard, none of us is as smart as all of us. And I think that really sums up seniors. It's like the sum of the whole is greater than the parts. Um, so that's the kind of seniors philosophy, if you like. <laughs> yeah, that's fabulous. And you've mentioned leadership circle and ORS, like all your, your team training. I'm curious, how do you use leadership circle um, with, you mentioned Gene Keys before, how do you use those two together? Ooh, well, I would say, ooh, I don't know if I, <laughs> they're kind of a little bit compartmentalized, I suppose, because Gene Keys tends to be more with private clients, individual clients. But what I love about the Gene Keys is it's all about how do we move from a me culture to a we culture. And that's really what I would say seeing this is about. It's a bit about moving from the, the culture of me to the culture of we. And that's, you know, that's not an easy thing. And um, I'm not saying we have all the answers, um, but I think we have tools and methodologies that help people move from that more limited um, top down, you know, the paradigm we all know so well um, into a, this more collective way of working together of leadership um, and how to unlock that potential. And that's what we're all about. Um, so depending on the organization, obviously I would love to use human design and gene keys to help unlock that potential, but you know, I, particularly here in the UK, it's not so widely known. So um, if people were interested in using that, I would jump at the chance. But I mean, the leadership, what I love about Leadership Circle, just to talk briefly about that, is it is all about, again, it's very much based on in, integral philosophy. But again, integral philosophy is all about moving from the me to the we. So that's where I would say is, um, you know, they... Um, overlap and they support each other if you like so we're all about moving from reactive leadership um into creative leadership and creative leadership is all about obviously you've got the task side of 
being a leader, you've got to deliver, but also what the leadership circle recognizes and um, demonstrates it brilliantly, I think is the importance of relationship. And that without relationship, you can't, it's gonna be very difficult to deliver your strategy. Um, and one of the quotes I love is that, um, culture eats strategy for breakfast. It's Peter Drucker and it's on our website because I think that just again sums up what we're about because it's not to dismiss strategy is highly important but if you don't have the right culture and the right relationships underpinning your strategy you're not going to be able to deliver it with any real impact um, so and that's where ORSK comes in you see ORSK is about systems so it's about recognizing as a leader you can't deliver unless you have good relationships with your team with your peers contribute to it you're just hating yourself <laughs> say that I missed that sorry can't can you can't uh hate the system if you're contributing to it we're all yeah, an integral part of the system as you said um the, the nonprofit that I ran our tagline was true relationships on earth excellence um, oh so wow I love that it's beautiful um yeah yeah, yeah. totally relate to that 100 percent. yeah 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 so it's all about, I think, le true leadership, I, I think, is a, a lot about leveraging relationships. And actually, why I started, why I studied Leadership Circle and also ORSC was because a lot of my leadership clients were coming and the issues were, they were bringing was so much around relationship, you know. When you're in an organisation, it's so much about managing down, managing across, managing up. And rather than those relationships being a source of frustration, they can actually leverage your performance and you know so that's it that's the part I find really quite fascinating thank you so much for sharing your insights today where can we find your company because leaders need what you're offering oh thank you well my website which hopefully will be somewhere um, attached to this podcast is um www.seniorsconsulting.com and you can find me at Anne-Marie at seniorsconsulting.com. Um, like all good coaches, I offer um, a chemistry session, a strategy session, whether you're an individual or a team or an organization, um, we offer uh, complimentary strategy sessions if you want to get in touch. And also you can find me on LinkedIn, Anne-Marie Freeburn. Um, just look me up there. And there's a bit more about my one-to-one -one work there as well. Great. What is your superpower? Ugh. I think I would say intuition. Um, and that's something that my clients have told me that they they really value my intuition. So, and I think that's borne out by my Gene Keys profile where I have um, the 43 as my life's work, which is all about insight and breakthrough. Um, so yeah, I think if I had to name one thing, it would be that. I'm glad that your intuition led you to say yes to me today. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. What's your purpose? Oh my God, purpose. I I always struggle with this. I think I, I would say my purpose is to unlock seniors in the world, which sounds very grandiose, but I think it's about helping people understand that they're part of a system and how to leverage that power um, and that understanding of being part of a system what that means as an individual and in their role as a leader. Um, yeah. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> My favorite question, what's next for you? 
Ah, what's it? Well, literally, we launched Seniors last week. <laughs> so it's like it's like having a little baby. Uh, um, we've got our first major client, um, a charity here in the UK, and also some individual clients. But obviously, it's all about building, spreading the word about Seniors, um, getting more clients. I mean, that's <laughs> what else is there to do? And yeah, I think it's spreading the word about Seniors and helping people activate more seamless in their own organizations and their lives. Um, so, yeah. I always leave my guests the last word. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge. The bonus episode is amazing. If you're still listening, definitely want to head over and tune into the bonus episode on Gene Keys, my first episode ever on Gene Keys. Um, and that's it. I'll leave you with our last word. Oh, gosh. Well, thanks so much. It's been such a pleasure connecting with you. I've really enjoyed the little bonus chat as well. And lovely to connect with somebody who's also got that interest in human design, Gene Keys, and um, look forward to staying connected with you.